And the more that I started getting into this work and, and, you know, saying the magnificence of the menstrual cycle, the brilliant orchestration, the just like the true power and not power over something, the internal strength and power that comes from connecting to your menstrual rhythm. You, mm. I had to question this taboo, like, you know, and where did it come from and why? And I believe that actually this, you know, widespread cross-cultural taboo is rooted originally in the knowing of our power at this time, because in a male dominated patriarchal paradigm that cannot exist. So what better way to control and oppress women than to tell them that, that the most powerful time and the most powerful thing is actually something to be ashamed of. Hello, my loves, and welcome to another episode of Threads of the Sun. My name is Yosha Layton, and I am your host. This is a podcast about strengthening our intuition, unraveling from our conditioning, and returning to nature's wisdom. It's very exciting. This episode, episode number 10, is the season finale of season one. It's the last podcast of the year also, which feels very timely. Um, Next year we'll be starting season two, which I'm very, very, very excited to be bringing to you. Um, There's a lot of goodness to share. But yeah, just wanting to honor this first season and this journey and so many lessons and so much learning and so many juicy conversations and Um, yeah, thank you all so much for being here with me on this journey so far. And if this is your first time tuning in, then, um, welcome. And it's lovely to have you. I just wanted to share a little update before I introduce our guest for this episode, just because it's something that I have been kind of tuning into, into my body and sensing that perhaps, A lot of us are feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now, just with the end of the year being here, or at least for the um, Gregorian calendar, and Christmas and New Year's coming up, and it always just seems like a really fucking crazy time. Um, Yeah, New Year, the New Year always for me just feels like this really big sharp kind of turn. Um, It kind of feels like this moment when (laughs) we need to you know, have all of our shit together and, you know, have dropped into, have reflected on everything that's happened in the year and, you know, ready to have our New Year's resolution and kind of move forward into this next, um, next year. But I just want to, yeah, take this opportunity to just like remind you all and also remind myself (laughs) that you are in control And you have your own unique rhythm that you are journeying through in your own body, your own psyche, your own space. And you know what's best for yourself and your body. Um, You know, I think about my studies with astrology and in astrology, we kind of look at, you know, the beginning of the cycle of the sun. So the yearly cycle starting when the sun moves into Aries because Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac and that doesn't happen until March 21st. So 
I don't know. I kind of feel like when I've reflected on that a little bit, like my past years, for me, it always feels like the year kind of does start in March in some weird way. Um, But I can also sense that everyone's cycle and everyone's rhythm is different, you know? So I just wanted to, yeah, remind us all that everything is cyclical. It doesn't need to feel like this big sharp turn. If you don't have your shit together, that's so totally fine. Nobody else does too. And if they do look like they have their shit together, it's just an illusion. We're all just running around trying to figure it out. Um, but I hope you're all, yeah, taking some time for yourself to to rest and to honor your body and listen to your body and follow your own Um, rhythms and speaking of rhythms and cyclical living um, that brings me to our guest for today which I'm very excited to introduce Um, today's episode we are joined by the beautiful Samantha Neal Um, she is a menstrual educator and mentor I've been so excited to share this episode with you all Um, You know, historically, there's just been so much taboo and shame around menstruation and our relationship to the body in general. So it was, yeah, such a joy having Samantha on to share all of her beautiful um, wisdom. And just to give you a brief overview of kind of what we talk about, I want you to, you know, definitely Um, listen in and receive all of her wisdom for yourself but just to give you kind of a brief overview we go into um, Samantha's journey into this kind of field of work um, returning to the body as our own inner compass and why that's so important now more than ever Um, we speak about listening to our intuition and creating space to get quiet enough to listen Um, We speak about women's biorhythm being in tune with the moon, her deeper philosophy on cyclical living and respecting and honoring the rhythms of the body and the rhythms of all of life um, and the importance of holding that as sacred. We also speak about listening to the body as a doorway out of the mind, um, honoring our blood. Um, We speak a lot about rest being a radical act. Um, And we go into ancestral kind of lineage and how we were carried as an egg in the womb of our grandmother and that whole story. Um, And we speak a lot about menstrual shame and conditioning and our first bleed and how that imprints on us. And Sam also gives us a big overview of the menstrual cycle towards the end of the conversation with some more kind of practical information on what's actually going on physically during our cycle. So some really good insight there. Um, We talk about so much. (laughs) She's, yeah, super knowledgeable in this area. She also speaks about a little bit about menstruation in the workforce and her perspective on that. So it's a really good episode all the way through. Um... I do want to preface this conversation with a really important note that I want to share for this episode, um, which is this episode is not solely for the people out there who have a menstrual cycle. This, as we discuss in the podcast, this is important information for everyone. And although I'm still learning, I've tried to use language also that is as inclusive to um, my gender diverse audience as possible. Um, just as a reminder, because not all people who menstruate are women and not all women menstruate. 
because yeah I know this can be a particularly sensitive and challenging topic for a lot of trans people so I just wanted to bring that to everyone's awareness and let you all know that I am continually learning and always trying my best to be as inclusive as possible. And this brings me to my final little sharing before we get stuck into the episode and that is Threads of the Sun. This podcast is a completely community supported show. Um, If you'd like to support this podcast by subscribing, sharing an episode with a friend or two and leaving a review, all of those little things really help me out. Um, And if you do want to go a little bit deeper, you can also support the show by joining my exclusive online community on Patreon, which you can gain access to for as little as five or eight dollars per month. And that um, whole space on Patreon completely funds this podcast, which I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who are in that community. So if you are a dedicated listener to this podcast and if you have found value in these episodes, then Patreon is the place for you. Um, You can also join, you know, a community of like-minded people and it is a deeper invitation into my world and my work where I share monthly articles I write, resources, links, favorite books I'm reading, things that I'm loving, the odd video that I make here and there, um, as well as supporting this podcast and On top of that, every month, each podcast guest that I have on the show also offers a little something something to my community as an additional offering and thank you. So this month, Samantha is offering a very beautiful um, PDF download of a menstrual tracker that she has made. Um, It's got, yeah, really beautiful kind of earthy tones. I have printed it off to track my cycle and I've just found it a much more grounded and um, connected way to stay in tune each month rather than using an app on my phone. Um, And so you can stick it on your wall or in your bathroom or leave it in your diary. Um, It weaves together, you know, the cycle of the moon on the kind of outer wheel and then moving into the center space to write, you know, your menstrual cycle day, the date, your emotional being, your physical being, um, and how you're moving through that cyclical phase each day. So if you are someone who bleeds and you want to start your practice of seeing how all of these energies work together, then you can find that as a gift from Sam on my Patreon page. So thank you very much for that offering, Sam. And by joining Patreon at any moment, it also gives you access to my entire Patreon feed of all of my previous content offerings, writings, resources, links, downloads, etc, etc. So there's loads to sink your teeth into there. And you're also supporting me in creating more episodes. So it's a win-win situation. And you can find out more by following the link in the show notes below, um, by visiting my website or going to patreon.com forward slash Yosha Layton. So... That is the little intro update spiel from me. Um, I'm excited to offer this as a gift to you all to listen to. And I hope that by listening to this episode, it gives you some new information, inspiration, and ultimately that it gives you the permission to surrender and rest into the wisdom of your own body and your own rhythm and your own cycle. So without further ado, let's get stuck into this beautiful episode with Samantha Neal.
Hi, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm assuming there's, you know, going to be a lot of women or mostly women or folk who bleed listening to this episode, but for all the men who may be Mm. tuning in or the folk who, you know, don't have a menstrual cycle, um, would you say this information would still be valuable for them to listen to? And if so, what would you say to them? I would say absolutely that um, it's relevant for everyone. The health of the menstrual cycle, the understanding, the acknowledgement is relevant to us all. It's where we all come from. If, if it wasn't for menstruation, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be alive. And so, yes, definitely. Um, we need everyone um, being curious about this and hearing this. And um, yeah, yeah, it's relevant to us all for sure. And I, I have like, um, I haven't spoken to many men in, in like a circle format before, but, but the men I have spoken to, it's been um, as as someone who identifies as a woman, it feels really healing to have men interested and men care and men genuinely wanting to understand and how and ask how they can be of support. And so for the men um, or the, and the people who don't lead who are listening, I would say thank you for being here and um, to reach out to the menstruating people in your life and, and ask them that how their experience is, is and how you know, if they need support, how they can be of support. Yeah, I agree. I think just this level of like curiosity, hey, is, is really beautiful. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I guess I was going to ask you like, then what would you, what would you say? How could they um, be more integrated or be more of service or be part of this conversation? And I guess, yeah, like you say, it's just like a level of kind of deep listening and curiosity. Yeah. And asking questions and understanding that we all have so many layers, you know, even though it's changing in the in recent years and it's really exciting to see menstruation gaining more um, acceptance in the widespread, you know, uh, mentality, but it, it's still, we come from many, many thousands of years of suppression and taboo and shame. And even as men, we carry, like it's, it's being carried. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, we, we need people from all angles, from all identities, doing this work, exploring from a respectful way, um, asking questions when it's appropriate. And um, yeah, just, just being willing to, to learn mm. and hear how it is to be in the female body. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. Thank you. Yeah. So Sam, my understanding is that you were born in California, you lived in Hawaii for a little while, and you've now been in Australia for the past three or four years. Um, I'm interested, like, what what were the stepping stones or the little whispers along the way that led you to where you are now in this very kind of niche um, area and field of work? I'd love for you to yeah, just share a little bit of your backstory if you're, if you're open and willing to and um, share a little bit of your kind of upbringing and yeah, what were the kind of foundational and pivotal like stepping stones that led you on your journey on becoming a menstrual educator and mentor? Yeah, of course. I actually, I loved that you use the word whispers because um, mm. that feels really true for me. I, yeah, so I, um, like you said, I, I was born in Venice, California. I moved to Hawaii with my mom when I was 12 and have been in the Byron Shire for the last three and a half years. And um, 
About five years ago, I was a law student in downtown Los Angeles and, you know, in a very masculine environment, male dominated, um, cognitive based, anything having to do with the body was completely irrelevant. And, um, you know, I, I was working with homeless youth. I, I was, oh, I, I had this, you know, desire to help uh, change the world. That was always true. But the path that I was on um, felt really forced. And I, I didn't really know that until um, on my Christmas break, maybe four and a half years ago, I went on a silent retreat and it was 10 days long. And I, it was, you know, this, everything shifted from that point because I, I got, I gave myself the space to really listen to hear what was going on inside of me and it was from that place I, I heard a whisper it was so quiet and it said quit law school <laughs> and I was like oh god okay and then I was like I felt so relieved to hear that and to and it came from like deep inside of me it wasn't it was not my mind and then I heard moved to Australia and Australia I was you know I had a dream of of living here my entire life I always felt this call to this land and um and so also on that retreat, I, um, I found this book and it was kind of, it opened me up to this idea that um, the female body had power. It contains power and it looked different to a man's. And I had never, you know, I had had, um, I've been exposed to that in brief ways, but I'd never in, um, been at a point in my life where I could truly hear it and experience it firsthand. And as I, you know, it just opened me up to this huge understanding that the body holds wisdom and I don't need to look outside of myself for it. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I, you know, I, I came home, I quit law school, I quit my job, I, I bought a one-way ticket to Australia and my path kind of just unfolded. I, I immersed myself in trainings and um, read books and, and found teachers who were doing similar work. And I was really passionate or I was really interested more in female sexuality and female power and, and um, wanting to explore that. And, and the more that I followed that path, it led me, it, you know, it ended in me, not ended, um, it led me to the menstrual cycle and how my body was currently expressing itself. And this idea that um, we have, we, you know, we function on a cycle, that we have different capacities throughout the month, that, that um, we change every day. And, it, you know, it sounds so basic, but it was revolutionary for me. I, I had never been taught that. I had never heard, even heard that, really. Mm. And, um, yeah, uh, from there, I... I, yeah, from there it kind of just unfolded and, and I think my a message and, you know, it, it's always kind of been this uh, basic thing, like we bleed and it matters and here's why. But I think it, how I share and what I share is definitely different now and, and even seeing with, you know, the current times that we're living through, how I, you know, I realize how essential this, um, this work is for everyone and that, mm. you know, returning to the body as your own inner compass and, and as a way to, to, to orient yourself to the world is as, you know, your, your most truest source of guidance. It, it feels so important now more than ever for the health of yourself, for the health of your community and for the health of the collective and, um, and the earth. So that's, I guess, yeah, it, um, that's kind of where I've come from and yeah, and still continuing to learn and, um, 
Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's always such a a similar narrative and a similar story, a similar kind of progression of of circumstances and situations that happen, you know. It's like yeah. really people just listening to these whispers and that's what I love to call them too. You know, another word is like our intuition. It's listening to that still voice within you. And it, yeah, like you say, it's not coming from the mind. It's coming from a much deeper place and it's so fucking scary to listen to it. Yeah. And (laughs) it's so hard. It's hard to listen to it. We we live in a world that's extremely distracted. It's so there's noise and sounds like we, we can, it's so hard to access that point if if we aren't given this space, which, you know, a very, a rare privileged, you know, um, group of people are able to. And so I think, yeah, I think for most people, it's so hard to even find that whisper. You have to get quiet enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love to, um, yeah, dive into this concept of listening and I, yeah, I want to get into that in a few questions, but something just kind of rose, rose up for me when you were speaking, you know, when you were saying we bleed and it matters and here's why. Mm. And, just to like get to the heart of the matter, like mm-hmm. what, what is the why? It's, yeah, it's a beautiful question. And <laughs> we bleed and it matters because it's our true nature. It's how our body functions. It's constantly informing us on a daily basis. We bleed and we have to remember that we are animals. We're not... And while generally speaking, we are more domesticated, we are animals and our blood reminds us of that, that um, we have a connection to, you know, I think in, you know, in the modern mainstream um, world, we operate on this belief of separateness, that we're separate from each other, we're separate from our bodies, we're separate from the earth, we're separate. And, and our blood reminds us that actually we are not, we are, we are you know, it's an embodied experience of our inherent interconnectedness. We are connected to the rhythms of the earth, to the rhythms of the moon, to the rhythms of um, of the force of our life. And it sounds kind of esoteric and, and maybe a bit fluffy to some, but, you know, it, and we can get into why, but actually this is the rhythm of life and it's mirrored in our bodies. And it matters because if we learn how to respect that, how to honor that rhythm, we learn how to respect and honor all of life. And... Mm. Um, yeah, that's, um, did I answer that? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just wanted to add too quickly that, um, the way that our, our current world is set up is in, in a very male oriented way where if we look at, you know, the male body, which functions on this 24 hour circadian rhythm, that's very much in tune with the movements, um, with the movements of the sun, which mm-hmm. is, you know, how our social structures, how our relationships, how our work, our school is all organized, and, you know, to be the same every day, because that's actually how the male body functions. But for the female body, we are much more, our biorhythm is in tune with the moon where, you know, every day we're slightly different and we have different capacities because our hormones are speaking to us in different ways. And so I, I think it's important to say we bleed and it matters because historically speaking for the last you know, few thousands of years, we've had to pretend like we function like meant to succeed in this paradigm. Mm-hmm. And so um, calling attention to the fact that we're different allows us to um, navigate life in a way that's more honest to our bodies and to ourselves. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I resonate <laughs> yeah. so deeply. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And my question before, you know, like, of course, I'm, yeah, I 
I very much resonate and am an advocate for um, understanding and um, seeing that why we bleed matters. It's just, you know, I think for a lot of people listening or just like saying that sentence, it's like, well, why, you know, and to hear Mm -hmm. that kind of answer is like, it is the kind of core essence um, that connects us to the rhythms of all life, you know, and then there's so Mm. many threads that come out from that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's the perfect kind of segue into, yeah, this next question that I want to ask as well around your kind of advocacy around cyclical living and how that is Mm. very much connected to the rhythms of all life. But I just have two quick little questions before we get into that, Um, just Mm -hmm. to kind of backtrack a little bit. Was the silent retreat that you went on, was that a Vipassana or was that something else? And then the second question, what was the book that you um, read or what was the book that you found? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, It it was not Vipassana. Okay. Um, It was a retreat. It was like a a yoga retreat that was also silent. But um, the book that um, the first day I arrived there when we um, could still speak, I was in the bookstore and 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 the guy that was working there was talking to me and I saw this book in the distance and it it it, it said pussy and I just like I I was literally physically pulled to the book and I, I don't even remember ending the conversation with this man I just like I just had to go and touch this book and um I think it's um it's my woman named Regina um I don't know how to say her last name but she goes by a mama Gina and you know I I haven't read the book um, since then, and, and I can't even remember, you know, really what it was entirely about, but it was a lot on pleasure and female power and female sexuality mm-hmm. and getting to know your body as, you know, a, um, a vessel that deserves your respect and care and, and honoring. And it just blew me away at that point in my life. Do you remember what the book was called or did, or did you already mention it, um, it? was called, it was called Pussy. Yeah. Oh, it was called Pussy. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. in case anyone's listening and like, hmm, I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Coming back to this idea of um, cyclical living, I'd really love to go into, yeah, your kind of deeper philosophy around um, this concept of cyclical living, because I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just the menstrual cycle, which you kind of touched on just before. Um, And I'm really curious about this because, you know, I'm studying evolutionary astrology, which is all about studying the planetary cycles and how evolution occurs through cycles. You know, I'm very much studying mm-hmm. the cycles of the sky and I feel like you're studying the cycles here on earth and in our bodies. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're obviously very interconnected. Um, yeah. I was just wondering if, yeah, you could go a little bit deeper into this philosophy on cyclical living. Um, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. What, what that kind of means to you. Definitely. Um yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most beautiful pieces of, of um, you know, really feeling the practice of menstrual cycle awareness and, 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 and seeing how we are so interconnected. And it's, it's like you said, it's, um, if it's the cycle taking place within us, it's, if it's the one around us or if it's the one in space, like it's the, it's the, it's the micro of the macro and, and, and we, are all, we are all life. We're all following that same intelligence and, and flow. And cyclical living is nothing new. It's not something that I termed or it's not something that, you know, is, it's, it's not new. It, it's, it's like so ancient, right? And um, even if, you know, if we trace back all of our ancestors at some point down the line and we were living 
you know, on the earth, off of the earth in direct connection with nature. And, and so we, we still have that memory somewhere. And even like if we look at um, the oldest found um, figurines were um, the Venuses and, and they were all fertility worshiping because our, you know, the ancient people, they understood what gave them life and they, they honored that. They, they honored the female body and they honored the earth. And so this concept of cyclical living is really coming back to what gives us life and, 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 and holding that as sacred to us. And cyclical living is, is the opposite to, you know, the current insanity of our modern world. We, we push past our limits, um, our limits of our bodies, our limits of the earth, our limits just, you know, in, and for the sake of profit above all, and, and we're killing ourselves because of it. And so, and, um, it's not supportive of biology because it's not in line in alignment with the um, with biology. Whereas um, cyclical living is it, um, cyclical living is the understanding that rest and and regeneration is necessary for creativity and productivity to occur in sustainable ways. It's about sustainable ways of relating to ourselves and to our environments and to our relationships. It's yeah. It's about it's about um, you know, and even if we look at it in our breath. It's, it's a cycle. The breath cycle is the same cycle in our menstrual cycle. It's, you know, our, our inhale to the point of expansion, the peak of the breath cycle. And then we, we exhale, we descend down towards ourselves to the bottom. So it's this constant filling up to its fullness and descending down to nothing. And that is the cycle we see in our gardens. We see in the moon. We see um, in the seasons of the earth. We see in the menstrual cycle. And it's moving through life, you know, and in some ways it's never been done like this before because we are you know operating in this world in modern times quote unquote that and doesn't respect this and yet we have this awareness that it's 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 vitally important to our health and to the health of all things and so we are kind of pioneering this together and um, cyclical living in this modern world i feel is the antidote to um to just the destruction actually of what's happening around us mm-hmm. yeah I think, and I think a lot of us don't operate from that awareness, you know, like it's changing and that's super exciting, but a lot of us have forgotten and where we come from. And, and yeah, so I feel like, oh yeah, just, I'm disconnected and and functioning on the belief of separateness allows for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you um, and speak to, the relationship we have with our bodies and the relationship we have with the earth and where and how that intersects for you and you know why it's important to look at it from this kind of holistic perspective because i sense this is also yeah a very important part of your work looking at you know this connection to the rhythms of all of life and how yeah how can our relationship to the land help us come home to the body do you feel? Mm, that's a beautiful question. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and I'm still exploring that, you know, on a daily basis and, um, and a lot, in a lot of ways, my practice of menstrual cycle awareness has allowed me to see the earth as a living, breathing entity. And, you know, the female mm. body and the earth are intimately connected. It's the female form you know, is the microcosm of the earth's macrocosm, is the example in human form of what the earth provides. Both are seasonal, both have life-giving and life-sustaining power. And the way that we relate, you know, individually as a society, relate to the female body, 
is reflective of how we relate to the earth and the destruction of our environment and the, and the disrespect yeah. of the female form is it, it it's the same it's the same logic that underpins both and mm-hmm. so um the you know the converse of that is that if we can respect the female body if we can respect the earth it's the same we're we're doing the same thing actually um and mm-hmm. yeah but it's something that i'm still like um there's like an inherent a mystery to that that i'm still um i don't know exploring and, and, and learning from and am constantly inspired by yeah mm. I feel like we're definitely on an interesting path of restoring that relationship. And, you know, we are seeing it with the rise of, of the feminine and, you know, a lot more respect and um, just awareness coming into that space. And I 100% agree with you. They are, yeah, the relationship to the feminine body and the relationship to the earth are underpinned by the same kind of patriarchal ideas and, bullshit Mm. Mm. (laughs) um and just basic just disrespect um Mm. i'm curious can we kind of go down um into a bit of a conversation around like our mind body relationship and kind Mm. of how we can start to build more of a relationship with the body and seeing the mind and body as you know two separate components of the same whole um Mm. and kind of what we were speaking to before around you know, listening. I think when we can begin to do this work, it's really hard to trust or to know what's coming through in the body because we've never really been taught how to listen to it. You know, through society and through our conditioning, we've been taught to place so much emphasis on the mind and listening to the mind. Um, Mm. So I was wondering if you could perhaps expand on this kind of mind-body connection and just to yeah hear your thoughts on this and how we can um start to give more space to listen to the body and perhaps some yeah embodiment practices that we could really you know do to help facilitate a um a deeper connection to the body mm, definitely i you know it, it's something um especially recently i've been exploring with just um the idea of of listening even even just listening, if it's just your mind at first, just um, going wild and, and really being able to drop down deeper into the space where it can hold all of the stories, all of the tension, the anxiety, and whatever's happening in your mind, you know, there's a deeper space that can hold it all. And um, I, you know, I've, I have found so much, um, uh, I guess more peace inside of me from really being able to listen to that and and instead of making it wrong or you know and it makes me think of when I see the word like smash the patriarchy and like fuck the patriarchy I'm like yeah I, I can be in that a lot I can be in that energy but for but from my own experience of working with my mind, that doesn't really work. <laughs> it's like, actually, if I tell my mind to, like, if I um, try and go at it blow for blow, it, it just feeds it. And so if I, instead of, instead of doing that, can I, I rest back, allow, allow the stories of the mind, allow um, any of the feelings that actually my body is responding to. I can feel that I can feel tension in my body. I can, and I think and that's an important thing too, of listening to the bodies actually just, you know, closing your eyes and seeing where in your body do you sense any sensation and, and going there. But mm-hmm. I found that um, when we can allow, allow the, these waves of emotion, these stories, you know, 
allow them into us um, and bring compassion to our experience, they transform. And so, you know, even I feel like in, in many ways, I have internalized the patriarchy and it tells me, you know, there's a voice in my head that, that tells me I'm not enough. Um, I, I should be doing more. I, I you know, all, all these different things. And if I can actually find compassion and be curious as, as to what is lying beneath that and what fears, how is it trying to protect me? I can have more clarity and, and more space inside of me to hold it. And I feel like on an external, a macro level, we can do the same thing. Um, even having this understanding of your cycle, you, you can have more compassion for, okay, I'm actually on day 27. And I, I know that there's like this dense, heavy th- thickness. It's there's kind of a hormonal explanation for it. I can have, I can find some more compassion. Um, I can move forward in that way, but it's not always mm. there. And um, yeah, I think for definitely those of us in the female body can support us, this understanding and, and, and relationship to our cycle. But working with the mind is, um, is yeah, a, a moment to moment practice. Mm-hmm. It's really. hard. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, and listening to your body is your doorway out of the mind instead of reinforcing the stories or adding to them, we can, you know, stop and just ask ourselves, where in my body do I feel this? And then asking that part of you in your body, what do you need? And it could be a hand on your heart. It could be a deep exhale, you know, like I'm working with moment to moment um, has been really helpful for me in terms of getting out of my mind and into my body. And you know, it's, it, it's that pausing. Can you pause? It's, it's the slowing down instead of, you know, trying to distract myself, ignore how I'm feeling, kind of brush past it, put a bandaid over it, you know, like actually just pause and allow yourself to feel what's going on for, yeah, connecting with nature, like just getting out into, um, a, into nature, mm-hmm. which is, is following a different pace than, in our current society and so that can also be very um supportive of getting in your body and and definitely for um mm-hmm. people who are who bleed you know honoring your blood honoring this space of menstruation giving yourself a time to rest to slow down you know your your biochemistry is supporting you to go inward and to be in your body here and if you can if you have the space to really allow yourself to go there like it's 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 beautiful it's like that necessary recharge where you can enter that next cycle with a lot just i'm feeling more restored and and more able to um, deal with the the tensions of day-to-day life and and the stories of your mind yeah Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful yeah thank you for sharing I, I i i deeply resonate with with everything that you are sharing you know i think i've been, i've been on personally a really um long journey with that this year just like mm-hmm. around this concept of rest and you know i think it's so hard sometimes to to take that moment of pause and to you know come out of the mind and drop into the body and really sense into okay what do i need right now or how am i feeling and based on that answer then what do I need you know and so often we've been conditioned to just like get Mm. up keep going like boom 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 and yeah there's been for me there's been just this like continual like feedback kind Mm. of where it's like rest 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 it's like what do I need rest and I'm like fuck really like (laughs) you know I rested all of last Mm. week like I'm ready to go and you know and it's like just this 
continual peeling back the layers of how conditioned we are um and really but through that listening and through that um honoring of our bodies moment to moment that's yeah that's that's restoring and rebuilding this this respect that we so need and it's not it's actually it's not easy like resting is actually not easy we and for most people it's it's actually really hard and you know and a bigger level we're going up against this very strong and ingrained system and when we choose to rest to prioritize our health and well-being and so actually like it it may seem like like you know yeah it's just like you have to you have to move through a lot to really allow yourself um to give yourself what you need so yeah i i think it's really brave um actually and it's i feel like we should be it should be reframed as that because you're actually like you're it's a, mm-hmm. a form of activism against our consumerist society and the like you know we have to do to mm-hmm. be worthy and race to finish everything it's like it's um yeah it, it's just not sustainable mm-hmm. it, it won't be mm. yeah I actually had um this kind mm. of formulated as a bit of a question for the end of the podcast but I feel like it's relevant now to kind of dive into um yeah because I've I've seen a lot on your um, Instagram page and of just through your website and things like that, you kind of have this kind of um, concept around rest being a radical act. And I know this is, yeah, another kind of thread that you weave into your work and um, yeah. Is there anything else that kind of comes up for you or that you'd yeah. like to speak to or could share around rest being an, a radical act because I think that's such a fucking cool sentence yeah, too like, yeah yeah, yeah it is. And, um you know especially I I think that you, you you can't really talk about menstruation and even the menstrual cycle and not speak about rest it's you know the like mm-hmm. vast vast majority of the people I work with that is where we begin it's rest because it's essential for our health for our our well-being our capacity to experience um, pleasure and creativity and joy and connection and if we you know if we're not rested how can we do anything how can we feel connected how can we yeah how can we give anything and so I've found just be like oh, mm-hmm. just from recognizing the real need to speak about this like this is so often where I begin and I see it as a genuine, a very powerful form of resistance. Um, and mm. yeah, it, it also, you know, it, it can, in some ways it can be a spiritual practice. It, like you have to find this inner strength to admit that you can't do it all. We have to lower our expectations and allow ourselves to be held and to practice I'm saying no. And we acknowledge that we're not machines. We're human animals in need of rest and daily pauses and doing. And yeah, and, and just to um, adjust our expectations and, and, and not, you know, buy into this um, destructive mentality that we have to be doing to be of worth. Because, uh, you know, people, the earth are all suffering because of that. And um, you never need to earn rest. You know, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people that the fact that you don't and I it's a big thing for me I even even now and I know how important it is to rest when bleeding I, I still go up against the voices in my in my mind telling me I should be this this and this because this person's in this you know like it's it, it still mm-hmm. comes up all the time it's a practice mm-hmm. and um 
um, creating the space of stillness and quiet so that we can actually um, listen. But if we're not rested, how can we listen? And so I think for most people, it begins with rest. And when we, you know, make space for rest, we invite our minds to do the same. And when our minds grow quieter, our, you know, intuitive nature is revealed. And it's from this space that we are better able to listen and connect with our deeper truths and inner wisdom. And cultivating a relationship to this aspect of ourselves mm. is, you know, so necessary for our own evolution. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's also woven, yeah. interwoven and interconnected, hey. It, yeah, they all kind of yeah mm. help facilitate each other. Um, yeah. All part of the same big web. What would you say to um, overcoming the guilt around rest? Oh gosh, yeah, that's yeah, um, man, that's been a journey I've mm. been on. <laughs> well, I'm curious how 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 and what have you been doing, or have you been if you feel to share, like mm. how have you been moving through that? Oh, it's, it's been a, it's been a big journey. It's something that, yeah, I'm just starting to unpack um, with my mentor and therapist at the moment, just kind of, we're going into a lot of like timeline therapy and ancestral Mm. kind of therapy and um, looking at my lineage and where I come from. And yeah, I come from like a really um, pretty intense, like strong lineage of woman, like Dutch woman, my heritage is Dutch. And there's a lot of, yes, like strength and resilience in a lot of positive mm. ways, but also a lot of like gonna fucking get up and just keep going. And like, just this real kind of inner strength that kind of overruled this kind of sense of rest. And that's, you know, the, you know, they went through world war one and world war two and like much harder mm. times than I kind of yeah. went through. So the, it's really like deep in my bones, which I'm sure for a lot of us, it's really deep in our bones, this kind of like yeah. survival um, instinct. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey of um, yeah. Seeing how much this has kind of permeated my life in a lot of harmful ways, like this idea of like, got to be strong, got to get up, got to keep going, got to do all mm. the things. And mm. um I guess like you say, it's just this continual practice, hey, of like moment to moment. Yeah, kind of like I mentioned before, just continually when I'm like, fuck, I rested all of last week. Like, seriously, my body, really? Like, I got to rest it more? Mm. I feel like I've been resting this whole fucking year. Mm. Um, Just continuing to like untangle from these conditioned kind of mindsets of what productivity and and where our worth is attached to our productivity. That's been like a huge one. Um, Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I definitely feel that too. Um, yeah, even like how you're speaking about your um, ancestral line and that. Yeah, like I think that's a really important piece to to acknowledge, like on where we come from and how have we, you know, developed this this conditioning. And like I, you know, I come, I have Japanese um, background in my mother line and um, in World War II, like it was definitely like, and even in Japan, um, in Japanese culture, there, there's to work hard. There's a real beauty in that a sense of pride. And, and I, and I, you know, in some ways I can see it, there, there is beauty. And then, and then, you know, I actually went to Japan to assist on a training and it, it was amazing how infertility is one of the highest there. And where this this oh, this wow. um this work ethic is so ingrained and so strong, and yet our bodies will tell us like, if they're working to survive, they will not prioritize being fertile, and so we're suffering mm-hmm. in that. And and um, yeah, I, I think it's it's 
it's really in, it's interesting to explore and, and to note that actually for um you know for um just like for true lasting productivity we, we have to take space to rest or we will just burn out or we'll pay for it in some ways and mm -hmm. um yeah i it's a constant uh practice and um i'm definitely still learning and i speak about it because it's it's so um it's challenge it's so challenging for me actually i know that um there was kind of some information circulating that I saw maybe six months ago around, um, you know, we hold in our body the ancestral lineage from the previous seven generations. And I, I don't know if that's like completely accurate or not, but I do know that, you know, we were an egg carried in the womb of our grandmother. Um, and I was wondering if you could, yeah, share a little bit about um, that, if that's true, or what you know mm. about the space and how that can, you know, biologically and genetically affect us with, you know, our mother and our grandmother and what was going on in the circumstances of our grandmother's environment um, and how that kind of influences us now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's such a fascinating fact that when I first learned this, I like, I, so at 17 weeks, so um, let's start. When your grandmother was pregnant with your mother, at 17 weeks into that pregnancy, um, your, your mother, she had created all of uh, her, her ovaries and, and all the eggs that she would ever carry. And so what that means is that you were a potential of life carried in the womb of your mother, carried in the womb of, of your grandmother. So it's like, you know, and when I heard that, I was like, that is so beautiful. And also I'm thinking of my own line, a bit concerning because I'm thinking, yeah, I'm where, you know, everything that your grandmother was experiencing, communicating, eating, feeling, that was mm. on some level going into the creation of what became you. And um, I think that's also why this work is so, so, so important because we are directly affecting the future generations. And also we're doing the work that our mothers and their mothers and their mothers maybe didn't have the opportunity to. And the fact is that we're at a very unique point in history. It's one where we have the most people menstruating now than ever before. Whereas our grandmothers and their mothers would have been pregnant and breastfeeding for more of the time. And so not um, bleeding. And um, there's also, there's more people you know, alive today. And again, we're, we're existing in, um, in a world with um, social conditions conducive enough to really explore a menstrual consciousness without the threat of being exiled or killed or, you know, outcasted. And so we have this, you know, in, its, in, a, in a sense, um, this freedom to explore this at a time when our world is in desperate need of this menstrual awareness. And um, it's not a coincidence, I don't think, at all. And... Um, I think, you know, the menstrual taboo, it, it's, it's one of the most widespread and cross-cultural taboos ever. You know, in, in almost all cultures, they have, they have um, something that speaks to it. Um, not all are, are negative necessarily, but a lot are. And they speak, you know, um, in some cultures, you aren't allowed to enter the kitchen, to touch men, to talk to men, to enter your own home, to pray, enter the temple. And, and a lot of these, it's, so you know, crazy. Mm, and it's believed to be like, oh, you're not pure at this time. And um, 
you know, we see this in Western culture, although I'm not expressed so explicitly. I know um, for me growing up, I'm seeing the tampon ads of the blue liquid or, or the women in all white playing sports. And, and the message that I got as a young person seeing these were, you know, um, use this product and pretend as if you were exactly the same. The actual, the red blood of your body is not acceptable. And so I felt like to be a woman, some, it somehow was inherently shameful is what I internalized from this. And so, um, and the more that I started getting into this work and, and, you know, saying the magnificence of the menstrual cycle, the brilliant orchestration, the just like the true power and not power over something, the internal strength and power that comes from connecting to your menstrual rhythm. You, mm. I had to question this taboo, like, you know, and where did it come from and why? And I believe that actually this, you know, widespread cross-cultural taboo is rooted originally in the knowing of our power at this time. Because in a male-dominated patriarchal paradigm, that cannot exist. So what better way to control and oppress women than to tell them that, that the most powerful time and the most powerful thing is actually something to be ashamed of. It's, it's a burden. It's, it's an inconvenience. And, and, and that is playing out and it's, it's being deconstructed now, which is so amazing. But it's, yeah, it's, we still carry that, um, those messages. And, and, you know, even... I was on a, um, a training and this woman said that it was, um, you know, she had called her 80 year old grandmother and was like, grandma, like I'm learning about menstruation. I, I'm just curious, like, how was that for you? And she said that her grandmother paused and, and she said that, you know, she started crying and she's like, no one's ever asked me that before. And that is, you know, 65 years mm. of silence that's now been broken. And, and, you know, we, like it's it, it is really powerful to do this in so many ways um and it, it has a direct impact to our own individual family line and also to you know everyone around us really um yeah yeah as i was doing my research for this episode i found something you had um written on your website and i think it's like perfectly aligned to um I'd love to read it yeah. um, just to segue into this next part. Cause it's kind of speaking exactly to what you just shared. Um, our cyclical nature is an integral part of who we are and how we exist in this world. Each day of the menstrual cycle, we experience subtle changes and hormonal shifts that inform how we respond to and receive our lives. When we acknowledge that we are hormonally, emotionally, physiologically, and energetically supported in different ways each day, we respect the truth of our bodies and learn to work with our rhythms rather than against them. Although this is changing, the menstrual cycle has not received the respect, care, gratitude, or education that it deeply deserves. Patriarchal attitudes towards the experiences of the female body have created long-standing and cross-cultural menstrual shame. This has effectively disconnected the majority of menstruating people from one of the greatest blessings of living in the female form, access to the power and wisdom contained within the menstrual cycle. I just think that's one of the most like powerful and potent things I've probably read on menstruation. I feel like it's just mm. so fucking on point, <laughs> you know? You. Yeah. Yeah. It brought me back to the story of when I um, first bled. I think I was 12 years old. Um, I was actually on a school camp <laughs> mm. um, and I remember, yeah, I went to the toilet and I just, I started bleeding and, um, I didn't feel 
um, very safe or connected to the teachers that were there at the time. Um, and I remember just like being fucking 12 and I felt so alone. I felt really ashamed. I didn't speak to anyone about it. Um, and I remember just like getting toilet paper and putting it in my underwear and just like kind of pretending that nothing happened. You know, there was mm. so much shame that came up mm. and I, you know, I really um, moved through a lot of my teenage years like that. And, you know, I also started taking the contraceptive pill when I was 15 and, you know, that was kind of just what you did um, yeah. until I was maybe I think 20 or 21. Um, one day I was just like, what the fuck am I putting into my body every day taking this fucking pill? Um, mm. Especially for those really important, like formative years. Um, I do feel like there's been, yeah, a huge misalignment in this area of young women, um, menstruation and education. And yeah, I know like we won't have time to go into like a full journey of the menstrual cycle. I know that there's just like so much to dive into and so much to unpack and explore um, and so much to learn about each and every day of the cycle. But could you perhaps, you know, give us a little bit more of an overview of the journey um, or, you know, feel free to speak about anything that kind of has come up for you in this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, you know, what you just shared is actually so beautiful and so important is, and it's to revisit that, you know, that first experience with menstruation, I think, um, is this, you know, when I teach this in workshops, I always start here. That is our first experience and it's imprinted in, and actually, you know, if we don't revisit it, um, um, it can rule us, like, that if it was an experience of shame, we can feel that every time we see our blood going forward. And in a, yeah. in a culture that has no initiations, um, if the initiation into our fertility, into our womanhood, into our sexuality is one of shame, we carry that with us. Um, if it's one of being feeling alone, you know, it, it, it's really, it's, um, yeah, a teacher of mine, she, she, she talks about how, how important this moment is and, and, and even asking ourselves, you know, how would I have liked to be received? And, and what stories I was told about menstruation and, and how did they play out when I first experienced it? Um, mm. Hey, I know it's so broad and it's so comprehensive, but could you give us a little bit more of an overview, like mm. an in-depth kind of overview of the menstrual cycle itself. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, yeah, I can give an overview and the best way I can really speak about this is um, with the seasons kind of, you know, I'm looping it back to the beginning and, or, or the phases of the moon, whichever you, you know, um, resonate more with, but, you know, we can think of, and, you know, each, I want to, like, I think this is really important to say that, you know, there's no, like, this is the, the, the beginning of the phase, and this is the end of the phase, and, you know, it's the same for everyone. It's definitely not. There's, there's every day, it's a blending, a transition from one phase to the next. There's, you know, there's, there's so much, it, it's a, a cyclical, circular process. There's no clear end, there's no beginning. It's, it, it all overlaps on itself, and um, with all, with all of this work, you know, it, the most important thing is understanding how you individually flow through it. How, like, and like your own body is the best source of guidance. It's not what people are telling you. You're in this phase, so expect to feel like this. That's not the point of this work. And so I, I can share some, you know, um, 
how your hormones are generally influencing you and but it might look different for you and each cycle is going to be different depending on you know on what you're going through emotionally what you're eating what stress you're being exposed to so it's it's, it's a constant i'm learning i mean ever master this material in any way but um but definitely in terms of our hormones and, and how they're speaking to us if we think of spring spring you know it's the rebirth it's the renewal and it's it, it also it follows um the reintroduction of our hormones into the body. So it, at menstruation, our hormones are at their lowest. Um, and then usually around day three, um, for most people, but not for all, um, FSH gets reintroduced into the body. It, it triggers the release of estrogen. So estrogen is rising in the spring. Um, you know, in spring, you, it's, in, we, it's, it's about, um, so I, I usually use a tree. Like in spring, the energy gets, um, it enters the tree through the earth into the roots up through its trunk into the branches it's this upward ascent that's kind of what's happening in our bodies um our estrogen is increasing our cervical fluid is increasing and then um estrogen is ruling the first half of the cycle and then eventually it reaches a point um it peaks um, and that's ovulation, our summertime, the, you know, the peak in the creative cycle, this full expression, it's the full moon. It's also um, time where peak estrogen levels triggers the release of LH, luteinizing hormones to be released from the pituitary gland. It causes the egg to burst from its follicle. And at this moment, the egg is the largest cell in the human body. And, you know, it's like the full moon, like this egg, it's, you know, it's magnetic. And so are we here. We have like, we're being supported in our communication and our, in our um, relating skills, in our, our ability to feel compassion and to be generous with our energy and our time. Um, it's the time to go on dates to, you know, ask your boss for a raise. It's the time to give presentations to, you know, to really be out in the world. Um, and it's also, you know, it's accepted in our modern society. So a lot of a lot of people, they love being here because it's easy in some ways to be in the world and be ovulating or be in your spring phase. There's a momentum, a drive, a building. And then, you know, we come into autumn. And like the tree where, you know, in summer, its energy was out and its fruits and its leaves and what it's offering to the world. Now, the energy starts to flow back down. The leaves fall. It's a downward descent the same with our, in our bodies our energy starts to come down and this is tricky for a lot of people because we aren't taught that this is allowed or acceptable or right or we feel like we're not ourselves in this phase when actually there's a lot of um, important and potent wisdom here for us and it's yeah it's necessary for our own evolution and so um, progesterone is ruling this half of of the cycle um, so the follicle that, that once held our egg um, and where the egg bursts through at ovulation becomes what's called um, the corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum begins to produce progesterone. Progesterone, um, you know, it's a different experience than, than the estrogen experience. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's supporting our creativity here. And actually, we're more active through our right brain and when we have high progesterone. And so our creativity, our self-expression, um, it's, it's enhanced here. Um, we, we, we generally, if we worked great in groups a week ago, we probably would work better by ourselves now. It's a time of refining, of editing, of, of getting clear, of, of sorting, of, of organizing. Like if you've ever found yourself just like clearing out your closet or your car, chances are you were probably premenstrual here. <laughs> 
And I, I see yeah, like wow. it, it's, it's our inability to tolerate what we other points in the cycle could. And, and for a lot of people, it, you know, we have, um, we're more sensitive here and, and, um, yeah, and so all the things with, um, that previously, earlier on in the cycle, we could deal with. At this point in the cycle, we just can't. And, and it can come out in, you know, outbursts, or it can be, like, just, like, charged, or you can feel a lot of anger, all these different, you know, emotions that we haven't been feeling, we're now feeling, and can't really run away from. And I say that's a brilliant mechanism, you know, built into our bodies for course correcting, for showing us what we're working with and what needs our support so that we can address it. Um, whereas, you know, I feel bad for, not, not feel bad for men, but like, I'm like, I'm so glad that I have a system that's built inside me to kind of, um, keep me in track to what's true for me. So, um, and, and the premenstrual phase, the, um, the luteal phase is really kind of broken up into two sections. And with all of this, I could go into a lot more depth, but there's kind of a cycle happening in our ovaries and also a cycle happening in our, our uterus. So, but they're, you know, in constant communication with each other. But um, yeah, and so then eventually, you know, the corpus luteum that was producing progesterone, it dies. And um, usually about 14 days after you ovulate. So the first half of the cycle will, will be varied, but the, the second half is generally always 14 days long. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, and so um, when there's no progesterone, you know, being produced by the corpus luteum, there's nothing really to hold up the, the walls of the uterus. And actually I've learned just recently, I read in this book called a woman by um, Natalie Angier. And she just talked about this amazing actual, like what's happening in the cells during menstruation. And there's like, I don't know if, we, if you, I'll just say it, but um, so yeah, in the endometrium, yeah. there's these three um, layers um, and the top two layers are superficial and get shed every month. Whereas the bottom layer, it kind of escapes the cycles of life and death. And it's kind of, it's, it's constant. It's, it's where the placenta would attach to if you were pregnant. Um, so it's constant. And what happens is that there's these like corkscrew arteries that feed into the top two layers of the endometrium. And a few days before bleeding begins, it's like they become um, longer and more tightly twisted. So if you think of a slinky, um, that was pulled and then twisted. And so because of this, it mm-hmm. kind of prevents um, um, circulation and, and um, the blood and oxygen um, that's being fed to the top two layers of the endometrium becomes a bit sluggish. And then 24 hours before you bleed, they, they um, twist off completely. And so um, there's, there isn't any blood or oxygen being delivered and that causes the endometrium lining to die. And then it's crazy. And then they, they slightly open. <laughs> it's so, it's it, so it, it is. And then it's all, I'm, I'm just, I just learned this. So I feel really excited about it, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, into it. and then they slightly get turned back on. The blood comes in through those um, spiral arteries and starts to pull beneath the dead endometrial tissue. And that pooling of, of the blood causes the, the lining to burst and that results in your period and, and it starts to shed. And, so that's kind of like a very um, intricate explanation of that. But um, at menstruation, we yeah. have our lowest hormone levels, our lowest energy levels. You know, we do feel you know, we, we are being hormonally supported to receive rest. So if it's hard to rest for you at, at other points in your cycle, try resting when you're bleeding because it's probably going to be a bit easier because mm-hmm. it's actually what your body needs. 
Um, and mm. you know, it's, it's a very psychic, powerful time. There's a Celtic saying that says, you know, when the red rose blooms, um, the, um, and when the red rose blooms in her belly, the doorway between her eyes shall open. And, and there is a very, you know, I think of consciously encountering your men's menstruation is a very natural female spiritual practice and it can guide you in visioning and in, in, in feeling into what's right for you what's wrong for you if you give it the space to really um inhabit that space because it's it, it can be really profound and magical um and that's our winter phase so if you think of that tree again from the outside it may look dead it looks like there's nothing going on but actually all the energy is happening below ground in the roots internally and that's also kind of mirroring our own menstruation. Um, yeah. Mm, beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know you just took maybe five, 10 minutes to speak all of that. And there's already so much in that. Like mm. I'm just imagining, you know, if, if we actually had proper education around this in school, like how different mm. our world would be. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of ways, the shame around menstruation has kept us from really exploring it. And that's changing now. And it's so, so, it's so beautiful to see, like, I think in 10 years, we won't have to talk about menstrual shame in the same way. And that's really exciting. But yes, I totally agree if we were taught this, you know, how, and I, I know I've worked with girls um, and, and to see them, like asking who, who's, who has started menstruating and seeing them raise their hands with pride. I had never seen that in my life before. And I, I just like, it's changing. And, and I'm so grateful for that. It's just, just to witness it. Even if I didn't get to experience that, I know it's happening. Yeah, it's so important, so beautiful. Mm. Um, what is your take on, I guess, kind of segueing into this next question, like people who bleed in the workforce? And, you know, I'd love to hear your take on kind of maybe perhaps women in the workforce who are maybe in a little bit more of a corporate setting or, um, you know, where there yeah. is lack of respect or understanding or awareness of these cycles and um yeah what changes would you like to see in that space that would actually be in celebration and in honor of women's yeah. cycles yeah i think i'm just like wow like you like the people who are you know exposing themselves to this information and also working in a corporate setting have access to a very you know an audience and a, a, gr a group of people who desperately need it you know and so um it's but uh, you know for a lot of people, they wouldn't feel safe or comfortable um, um, sharing openly about this. And that makes, that makes complete sense. But I definitely, you know, I have um, a few things to say about that. And, and um, I mean, there's like practical things where, you know, you can kind of plan your, your tasks around your cycle. So instead of, you know, if you know around when you're going to start bleeding, you know, planning more repetitive tasks and less challenging like a mental ones because you don't have the same capacity for them and then you know allowing yourself more time to get to things um, when you're bleeding or when you're you know highly premenstrual um, and delegating or uh, I'm doing only what's absolutely necessary and mm. you know I, I had a friend um, you know she 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 was she was sharing that um, her period has started um, and like her day one and two of her cycle ha has fallen on her two biggest work days for the past six months. It just happened to be that way. And she's like, I don't, you know, like, I don't understand. Like I, 
and then she's like, but, you know, I feel like I'm experiencing how the majority of women actually um, are experiencing their cycles in the workforce. And then I'm like, yes, and you are doing it with an awareness of it. And so you can find the compassion when you don't, when you aren't as, you know, um, I'm quick with your tasks or as efficient or as good with your words. You, you have this awareness where you can find some kindness for yourself and adjust your expectations of, of what mm-hmm. you can really do in that space. And then also, you know, it, it's being in that softer, intuitive, more receptive place that, that menstruation allows is actually a gift to those people. It's, it's, it's a gift to that space. And it's more, you know, it's definitely a more selfless way of looking at it because what you really need is more rest and time for yourself. But if you can be in that, be in that and also offer it to the people and, you know, around you, it's a gift to them actually. And, Mm. um, I was working with a client and she works in finance and, you know, in a corporate setting. And she shared with me, with me this story that, you know, she was in a, in a meeting with an opposing party and, um, and she was on day two of her cycle. So she was bleeding and, and she had this gut instinct to not answer their questions. And she was like, she didn't know why, but she, um, um, she didn't answer the questions. And then it came out later that they were trying to trick her into disclosing information and that would hurt her company. And she told me, she was like, if I wasn't bleeding, I don't think I would have picked up on that. And I think that's a really powerful story because it just shows that we have, we have access to something different that like, you know, by like mainstream standards, we aren't as as productive, but we we have this intuitive sense that can be a gift to, um, you know, our work, our school, our relationships and whatever we find ourselves in while bleeding. Mm. Mm. Oh man, I just I resonate so deeply right now. Mm, <laughs> I'm, cool. I'm due for my bleed tomorrow, so I'm like, yeah. I'm fucking feeling all the feels. Yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. so terrible with my words. This whole podcast, I'm yeah. Like, going on with me <laughs> mm, yeah it's 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 liberating just to know it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm day 28 this makes a lot of sense and especially yeah. if you can share that with people and you know it's yeah we can all relate and we we can yeah. find each other in sharing so yeah yeah thank you for just sharing that little part you know when you were saying you know on day one or day two of of your cycle and it's like oh okay well how can I find a little bit more compassion for myself in these situations Mm. when I would normally be more high functioning you should have seen me on the other end of this microphone I was just like oh my god yes that's me right now (laughs) amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) thank you for um yeah sharing oh you're so welcome (laughs) Oh, well, there's just like so many incredible, fascinating, really important threads of all of this work that goes so far beyond just bleeding. Um, Mm. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom and all of your knowledge. And I hope that for everybody listening, it's, yeah, allowed a little bit more, um, yeah, knowledge and, and space and awareness into into this whole realm and I hope it ignites some more curiosity and some inspiration for people listening to to do some mm. more of their own research and to to kind of, yeah to mm. listen to their body and to to start to restore this relationship and it's really important work and yeah I really value the work that you do in the world and um yeah mm. thank you for for coming on today it's been so nice mm, thank you for having me do you do you want to share with everyone also your um I know you just launched the cyclical living immersion 
Mm. Um, do you want to just share, yeah, what that's yeah. about and also just how people can find you and connect to your work as well? Definitely. Um, yeah, it, and I, I worked on this immersion for like 10 months pretty like consistently. I, um, I poured like my entire heart and soul into it. It is, um, yeah, 70 page ebook and then, you know, um, in-depth audio lessons, um, a meditation, yoga nidra practices, um, and interviews with my teacher Moana Pearl. And um, it's it's the education that I feel we all deserve and, and the one that I wish I had gotten. And it's kind of a compilation of everything I've learned about the menstrual cycle. And um, even, even now I'm feeling like I, I should add to it because it's a constant learning, but definitely mm. um, it's a very, you know, comprehensive um, program. Um, are on holistic menstrual education kind of from all different avenues like the physical the emotional the energetic the spiritual and you know just like it but also like there's so much like amazing um, science that we were never taught that um, really illuminates how how brilliant our bodies are um, so mm-hmm. yeah I share all about that um, in that immersion it's self-paced um, you can you can find more information on that um, on yourwisdomwithin.com beautiful and you have instagram as well can people find you oh on yeah instagram? yeah you can find me on instagram um at wisdom within underscore beautiful mm-hmm. well i highly recommend to everybody listening to go and check out sam and her work it's really powerful and potent mm-hmm. and crucial so thank you so much yeah. for supporting it and yeah having me on and yeah yeah i loved that thank you <laughs> absolutely yeah thank you voila there you go everybody (laughs) i hope that um, you enjoyed this episode as always thank you so much for tuning in Um, i just want to take this little opportunity as a reminder that the menstrual tracker that sam has very much Um, very generously offered to my patreon community is up on my patreon now Um, and if you again if you are interested in that you can find the link to my patreon um, in the show notes below or via my website Um, that's it that is the final podcast of season one the final podcast of the year so crazy so 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 crazy it feels um yeah it's been a wild journey and as i said in the beginning i'm just very grateful for each and every one of you um i found this space to be very invigorating i'm really 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 excited to bring on next year and i feel like yeah i mean a lot of you have probably already noticed i've really taken the shift from video content over to podcast and it's just filling my cup up so much more than I ever could have imagined. So, um, yeah, season two, I'm going to be sharing a lot more episodes more frequently. Um, and that feels really good too. So, um, yeah, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast if you haven't already. And until then, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And yeah, I hope that um, wherever you are in the world, um, that you have a beautiful, happy, warm, nourishing, restful, 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 restful holidays. And just know that um, I'm sending you so much love. 
and that you are so loved. All right. I will see you guys next year. Weird. <laughs> okay, tapping out. Bye.